Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Beef. You know it's gonna be beef. And he changed the rhythm. Did I? Did I? Uh, did th- I really? I-, I thought you did at some point there. I was trying so hard. I was like, I hope I'm not boring Alistair by only doing exactly the same uh, beat the entire time it, through. Andy, God, it's so monotonous, <laughs> monotonously. Andy, I was riveted by the crazy change in timing. <laughs> I want you to know I was not bored at all. You had me okay. on my toes. Can I? Can I- can I just run it by you one more time and we'll just see okay. if 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 I'm hearing the same thing as you're hearing, okay? Right, is that that timing was all good. I thought that there was just a big gap there before. There could have been. There could have been. Maybe I was lost for a moment in a reverie. Yeah, you I think you could have. I could have slipped into a, you know, a sort of Deep, a, yeah, a it, trance, remembering my youth. I mean, I guess if if you were so thinking about me and mm. what I was thinking about it, maybe you weren't entirely thinking about the right. the the art form itself. I got to start making it just for me and not worry about what other people think. Exactly. Just and- make it like a <laughs> make it like a Bob Seger song that you love. A Bob Seger song. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, so not Pete Seeger or Bob Dylan, no. but the completely unrelated <laughs> musician, Bob Seeger. Oh, no, he's not a musician. <laughs> no? Oh, okay. But it's just like a song that a guy called Bob Seeger would create. Now, but you know that there is a musician called Bob Seeger. Is there really? Yeah. Oh, right. But he's, I think he might be Australian. Really? I don't know and anything he- about him except that I've seen him on Spicks and Specs. Right, Back and is he only famous because of his portmanteau name? Mm. He's one of those portmanteau bros. Does he and does he Alistair. wear and does he wear <laughs> does he wear coats? Uh, I think he might wear coats. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so he so it's... the portmanteau ports manteaus, <laughs> would you say? Is that is that too bilingual a pun? And also maybe inaccurate? I'm not sure. Oh. Well, yeah. Uh, you know, I guess, you know, portmanteau is as portmanteau does. You know? Yeah. Um, maybe want to eat chocolate. Uh, I mean, portmanteau, portmanteau, great, it's a great name for a band, right? Yeah. Johnny, I'm Johnny Port, and he's Frederick Manto. Port and the Mantos. Port and the Mantos. <laughs> what would they do? What would they? What would the Port and the Mantos do? Uh, let's see. I, mean, I think it's a sort of a you know it's a Cuban influenced rap. Do you think that they would music? combine? They would combine um, 
They would of course com- they combine. They would of course co- they combine. Would they combine like the like every instrument is both melodic and rhythmic at the same time? Uh, yeah, that's that is the case. But also all their musical styles, they only perform musical styles that can be expressed via a portmanteau. So, you know, for example, they'll do ska and reggae and they'll call it skege. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, skage, skege, skege it was a very fun word to hear. Um, yeah, thanks. What about they also do heavy metal and yes. polka? <laughs> uh, and they, they, but they call it heavy polka. There we go. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's really good. That's really good. Well, I mean, well, the idea know. of heavy, the idea of heavy poker is already fun. Well, that's almost so, essentially what System of a Down was, I think. Really? I I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm I'm misreading it, but I kept hearing lots of poker influence in there. Yeah. Oh no, that's fun. I mean, it could it could have just been other European music, but other yeah. European music is all it all feels like it's all very derivative of poker. Hmm. Hmm. Um, is there something about torturing somebody? Because, you know, you used to torture somebody with a poker. Um, mm. but, but you're about to torture somebody with a poker, right? And then you get out your piano accordion. And... <laughs> hot poker. And they, and they confess hot, straight hot away. Hot poker. Hot poker. <laughs> it's a man. It's a, it's a sort of a, a, a German man. I don't know exactly where poker yeah. comes from. A German man yeah, with, the, no, with, that big, right. with that big curly mustache mm, and the green sure. hat. But instead of Liedenhosen, bikini. Those, instead of Liedenhosen, those um, glittery golden pants that Kylie Minogue wore that time. Yeah. And a little. And Remember a bi- those? And a bikini top. Yeah. Indiana's dad had a pair of those. <laughs> because Indiana's <laughs> godmother is the aunt of Kylie Minogue. <laughs> And I'd so, forgotten this connection. And so that somehow and so that we, means that <laughs> Kylie Minogue's old clothes percolate down to your father-in-law. Well, then we come to Did, the fam- and, he, and he he probably has about the same body type yeah, as Kylie Minogue. A, they have a beautiful physique, both of them. <laughs> and although I can't remember if it was the golden hot pants or red hot pants, but they were sequined, and he would wear them performing jazz. Man, that's a beautiful, like, little um, ecosystem, right? It is a little ecosystem. The, you know, high in the canopy, you have Kylie Minogue, right? And then uh, as the seasons change, her glittery hot pants fall. She sheds her skin. (laughs) She sheds her skin and her glittery hot pants fall to the rainforest floor. And the jazz musicians feast upon them. The jazz musicians fall upon them, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Ah uh, yes, <laughs> he's a tuba player, right? Yeah, yeah. Tuba, yeah, or and oboe? Uh, t- no, no tuba, tuba, and and sort of double bass and stuff. A lot of bass instruments. Oh really? I didn't know that he also uh, plucked a string or two. Oh, he's he's been known. He's been known to pluck a because mm. it's like you know, there's also like kind of like rockier bands and stuff like that that he'll play in where he'll play the bass and stuff. Um, oh, that's cool. Um, anyway, so that's just us tipping our hat to Pip. Hello, Pip, mm. if you're listening, a which I don't think Pip. you are. A tip to Pip. 
that we haven't written down a single. That's a new, our new segment, our new <laughs> segment for the show. A tip to pip. We start each episode. That's right. We're, we're we're drifting away from sketch ideas, and now since we haven't come up with a single one, last time we had done seven minutes, and we had seven sketch ideas. Today, now I mean, you, so there's nothing for you um, about torturing somebody with a red hot poker, with a uh, hot poker. And there's nothing for you about, you know, a sort of an ecosystem where the pop well, musician's clothes fall to the I mean, <laughs> I could, the rainforest floor and fall uh, in a pod by the jazz musicians. It's yeah. a little abstract. It's a little I bit abstract. Like. I mean, I do like, you know, I like that there is something there. Um, I I'm mean, gonna- it, there was that sketch in Big Train where it's just like a bunch of jockeys out in the savannah running around. And then they get attacked by a lion. You know, it feels like this is that kind of, it's just absurd. Yeah. Okay, wait. Look, I'm writing. It's absurd. It's completely absurd. Musicians. All right, look. Um, what, about, um, what about Port and the Mantos? Is that something? Mantos. Um, there wasn't port, quite. Port and the Mantos. Yeah. I mean, red hot poker. I mean, that, you know, that felt like it was just you one know, of those. port port and the mantos. It feels like a throwaway joke in yeah. uh, in a you know a cutaway scene in like a not a Family Guy but maybe a Brooklyn Nine Nine or something like that where you know then you cut away to you know you know it's it's like that time I was in that band. Oh, you know what they would play? They would probably play jazz fusion. Yeah, probably. But is Jazz Fusion a, a portmanteau? No, but the music itself is a portmanteau. <laughs> ah, it's a musical portmanteau. Yeah, that's nice. Um, but I mean, uh, who's, who's going to go, wait, 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 wait. Like, you, you don't even tell them that they play Jazz Fusion? You just start playing some <laughs> Jazz Fusion? Do you think do you think that people would get that? Do you think, wait, oh, is yeah, that? Oh, yeah, they'd get it. They'd be rolling Is that? The- is that a, sort of, a is Les? Is that in the late eighties Chick Korea? I know what this style of music is. Um, Alistair, I think we should come up with a new type of um, home coffee machine. Yeah. You know how there seems to be every you know there's a cycle. There's a cycle that we go through, right? There's a cycle. Um, I don't know if it's linked to through. El is Nino a, or La Nina or something. Song? There's a cycle that we go through in coffee machines. Yeah, so what's the cycle? Well, the cycle is, you know, you get your AeroPress comes along, right? And that's good big for a while. Oh, you know, or you you had you had, you know, probably you had something with like a, a, a you know, filter paper that you just let it drip or whatever. And then you get the AeroPress machine, and now there's this one that you sort of pump with your thumb. New some sort of bullet thing, espresso bullet. Right, you screw it all together and then you pump it and it builds up a whole lot of pressure. Yeah. Okay? I think, you know, we need to line ourselves up so that we're ready to ride the next wave, right? So the, the next one will just be... people are looking a, around... The, the yeah. next one will be drip again, right? Because it just seems like it's a form of filter that coffee drips through and then like espresso, which is pressure stuff, right? Mm, yeah, and then, but I and think... And then it goes back to drip and then it goes back mm. to pressure. So we just got to catch a new drip after this pressure wave. <laughs> we got to find a new way of dripping. 
a new way of dripping. Remember when they I mean, did cold brew and like that was just like mm, that was dripping slow and cold. Yeah. <laughs> so it has none of the uh none of the appealing features of 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 other coffees. Although I love um, the although cold brew is probably my favorite kind of coffee. That's incredible. That's really something. Cuz the flavor wow. is more is more outrageous. Mm, outrageous. Yeah. Well, it's, okay. I mean, is there some way then that we could cold um, pressured cold pressure brew. Cold pressured. You know, we could Oh yeah, I mean, look, that could be a, 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 our, our fusion. Our fusion. Hot, oh, cold, is there some way that you can get brew. ice? You can get the the ice, the ice. You force ice into the into the beans. You use literally blocks of ice uh, to make your coffee, and it comes out uh, like you know, super cooled. It's below below zero. Alistair, this is boring. Yeah. But <laughs> what about a coffee but, bong? You just get the ground like up. You, you get the ground up coffee. We right? know that the best bit of coffee is the smell. Yeah. And so, what about you just kind of, you get unroasted beans, but ground down. You, gr- you grind them before you roast them. And yeah, then... Wet grind. You yeah. wet, wet grind like that. And then you just, you just get a little torch. You pass them through some water. That's mm. really good for coffee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a big part of it. It's a big part of it. But then you're not drinking that water because that becomes bong water, which is one of the worst <laughs> yeah. things in the world. Yeah. And then... Ipso facto, <laughs> and then you um, you wind up with uh, you know just that you just breathe in that coffee smoke. Yeah, I mean, I I like it. I would um, I'd huff some aroma. You know, like that's yeah. that's good stuff. Where oh, I was nothing. going to go with it yeah, was that we could use soup. a different different part of the body to pump the uh, the, the the pressure machine. Breast right? pump. Like, you know, it could be something to do with the breasts. could be something that you put between your knees. S- stimulate right? male lactation, which is possible, especially <laughs> during famine. <laughs> That's why we have nipples, because it, it's, it's so, because it is possible for men to lactate. And apparently yeah. during famine, men tend to start to lactate. Right. And it's like, it's like all right, we've been able to lactate this whole time, but you got it out of us. Here you go. Here you go. And then uh, you, you can... taste a little bit of that that man milk and a single tear rolls down your cheek. But it goes in your coffee. Cuz it's the most beautiful thing you've ever you've ever tasted. Oh, imagine but you that. had to come to the very brink of death. You know. In, it, and 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 how do you know if it's really that good or if it's just the famine? Sure, but that the, makes but, it taste good. But isn't isn't every like culinary experience about the setting? You're absolutely right. You know, if you're gonna yeah. if you're gonna eat a dirty cheeseburger, but then eat it like you mm. know in the surrounded mm. by doctors looking at you and judging you, that's not going to be as good an experience. This is um, this is uh, <laughs> you're right. That's going to be horrible. <laughs> but this right. is a new new frontier for Heston. You know, Hes- oh, Heston. he he's trying to not Charlton, Charlton Heston Blumenthal. This is my new character. When you, you, know, you can have this salmon f- foam when you fry it from my cold, dead fingers. Yeah, he's one of the members of Port and the Mantos. 
You're exactly right. Uh, yeah, all the characters, all the uh, all the musicians would have to have their own names along those lines. Yeah. Um, no, Charlton Heston Blumenthal would say you could have my um, fo- like food foam making uh, whatever those things are that they use to make their foam food foam. Pete um, Seeger Bob aerator. Mm, good. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan, Pete Seeger, Bob Dylan. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. It's a really good. <sighs> Bob Seeger, Pete Dylan. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um. Oh. oh well, I did have a I did have a name that I wanted to use, which was the Pete Seeger Master System. Um, oh, yeah. If I ever did electro folk, I would be called. That's what I'd be called. Um. And so you know, maybe uh, maybe that's in there as well. Maybe somehow he could be a ro- he'd have to be a robot. That that member of the band would have to be a cyborg. Sure, <laughs> they I mean, would. I think they'd all have to be cyborgs, actually, or possibly Frankenstein's. Really, I guess. Oh, cause, yeah. yeah, they would be their flesh chopped together. Yeah, Frankenstein is just Fra- Frankenstein is just a um a living portmanteau. I think. Yeah is is Pete Seeger dead? He is dead. Yes. Yeah, I'm so, so sorry. we would be able to dig up his well, body. Actually, he... it was his birthday uh, like three days ago. Really? Mm. How did you celebrate? Uh, just me and the boys. Yeah. Ignored it. You ignored um, it. Yeah. All of you. Yeah, but um, it is funny how, like, after celebrities die, we keep celebrating their birthdays. Do you think that's a bit weird? Well, I don't find it weird because I'd never done it before, but. Um, but we keep track of it though, and everyone's like, "He would have been 170 years old today." <laughs> if you know biology, uh, mm. yeah. Um, I do find yeah, that okay, interesting. but he wouldn't have been happy. <laughs> he would have. He wouldn't have. Oh. He wouldn't have looked great. I know, but imagine if he somehow he had got some of that naked mole rat genes or whatever like that, and then become mm. unable to age. Mm. Wait, they must age a little bit. They don't come out full dick size, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess they must. They must grow, but maybe not age, right? Oh, I think right, there right. are other symptoms of aging. When people yeah. talk about fighting the seven signs of aging, yeah, one of your, them is getting your bigger. Height, <laughs> your height, the fact that you're not a baby isn't one of them. Yeah. That's good. Hang yeah, on. That's... We were talking about something just before. Oh, okay. It was the Frankenstein because that... I was going to ask you um, about the Frankenstein, which is uh, if Pete Seeger was alive. Because mm. I think when you're making a Frankenstein out of two people, you mm. kind of got to decide which one's which one doesn't die. And which so, one's the Frank and which one's the Stein. Yeah. Like which one's consciousness continues. I know. Yeah. I guess the ideas you probably have like, you know. A brain hemisphere for each, um, you know. That so would that, be th- fair. That's why they kind of become a bit more dumb. But there's got to be. Yeah. Do you ha- do they or do they both have to die? But you know that in the original book, yeah, it was Frankenstein. All, yeah, he was incredibly the, the monster. Yeah, he was incredibly smart. Really? Yeah, like he was a super genius. He oh. taught himself all these languages just by listening to people through the walls and stuff. 
And he was sort of basically unstoppable. He was like a Superman. Really? Yeah. Oh, you see, yeah, I should read that book. Um, I haven't read it either, but I listened to a book cheat about it. Oh. Well, Dave Warnerkeys. Because they always, you know, he's always portrayed as dumb. Do you think it's it's sort of rewriting history? We don't want people to think that, uh, you know, big meat, big meat robots are kind of are smart. A good idea. Yeah. I think you might be right. <laughs> big meat robot. But which um, which one would you... I wanted to... Mm, yes. Sorry, you just say your bit. You say your bit. Um, I wanted to say... Oh, no, well, mine's on a slightly different topic. Yeah, so it's okay. Go. Just go for it. Well, um, I think, you know, how like celebrities die and we all get, as a society, get sad, right? Yeah. So what if we d- we found a way to keep people alive? Yeah. Right? That's what I want. But but basically, um, you know, for whatever reason, it's not great for the person who gets kept alive. Yeah. And so, mo- general, most people don't want it for themselves, but... What we do is that, like, when a celebrity becomes a big enough um, deal, yeah. we basically force them to stay alive forever, right? They, you know, they, they maybe the, the government nationalizes their them, yeah. you know, as a national treasure, and they get preserved, sort of, by, like um, the, you know, the the heritage trust people preserve old buildings, yeah. And so David Bowie wouldn't have been allowed to die. We sure. would have kept him alive with, like, you know, these powerful drugs and, like, sort of rel- relentless surgery. And, yeah. you know, he's basically begging for death on a daily basis, but he's, like, 250 years old. And now, you know, he's, he's no longer all that cool, but we keep him alive somewhere and people, you know, go on tours, right, past him. And there he is in a chair, and you're like, and this is David Bowie, and maybe they'll give him a little electric shock or something to make him move a bit. Oh, not it's not like it's not something there. that the visitors get to do. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, maybe that's one of the ways because they need money as well. Yeah, you know, these national trust things always need money, so maybe if you pay a little bit extra, you can you can give you him can a little deliver extra the electric shock. shock. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's nice, actually. Yeah, I like that. Keep mm. natural. Keep. Celebrities alive as a as a national as a as a heritage attraction. Yeah, um, I like that. You know, I mean, I imagine they're in constant pain in some way. I mean, I'm I, I'm sorry that I'm saying such uh, you know um, bestowing such an awful fate on David Bowie, who uh, seemed pretty cool. Yeah, and but I, uh, but he belongs to us now. Yeah. Well, that's it exactly. Right? Yeah, because their identity. You know, once you become that big of a deal yeah. to so many people. You think of the psychic damage that is done when one of those celebrities dies. Oh, well, we would um, so much. we wouldn't allow it anymore. I mean, this could be a good film, Mel. Yeah, this could be a good film in which you know a celebrity who has been sort of basically kidnapped and trapped by the state and kept alive for these for the purposes of you know the national psyche tries to escape and seek death. In oh, some way, oh, he, but oh, he's trying to escape. Oh, this this is the celebrity wants to yeah. escape and try yeah. to die. Yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. think it could be sort of the opposite of um, Blade Runner? Do you think it could be like? Um, oh, so does that one escape and try to get immortality? Yeah, yeah. Oh, didn't realize that. Um, yeah, so, um, you know what? I don't think I've ever really be, paid attention mm, to to uh, 
Blade Runner. I always thought it was about cutting things. <laughs> I mean, running with a blade? Yeah. Uh, pretty sure we're told not to do that as yeah, a kid. So it just seems like an so irresponsible I didn't watch film. It. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't I didn't like its philosophy. I got, as soon as I, somebody turns it on, I just dis, dis, disassociate or dissociate or whatever, so I don't take in any mm. of those bad things. Actually, yesterday, I reckon I felt myself completely dissociate from my body when I could see a a crow or a raven on the road, and I could hear a car coming. It didn't seem like the crow was going to move, and I just completely averted my eyes, and I feel like I let myself like completely disconnect myself from my body because I didn't want to experience what I thought was about to happen. Wow. And then and then I and then it just jumped out of the way. And then I, I came back in and I went, whoa, I think I just completely separated myself from this because I didn't want to experience that at all. Yeah. I mean, was it what was that like as an experience? Would you say it was meditative in any way? Or did it have well, a kind of like astral had, projection feel? No, to it? it was just like I kind of just went entirely into my mind. And then I wasn't mm. really experiencing the world, but I could feel myself shutting down all the the possibilities <laughs> of thinking every, anything and experiencing. Wow. Wow. See, when I see an animal about to be hit by a car, I you sort get of rock think hard. I become more, <laughs> I become rock hard. I start licking my lips a lot <laughs> and I can't look away. So, I don't know. Yeah, I guess, we're, I guess we've got a different approach, you know, to everyone's, yeah. everyone's got their own thing. Yeah, do you think um, do you think this keep national treasures celebrities um, mm. alive? This could be, you know, like you know how some movies they kind of have like a few separate stories that seem disconnected from each other. Yeah, could we could we have that one where we have that stand like sketches? Yeah, but no, but like let's say there's like three stories and they're all three of them are interesting, mm. right? But they're mm. kind of dis, and then I guess they probably connect with each other later. Uh, but oh, that, that's when you—that's when you start winning awards. Oh, absolutely! The connecting—they love—they love a connection. And so you do this one, yeah. National Treasure escaping, and then you've got the other one, which is like, remember that Prince Philip style guy who, who, mm. uh, who got ran into by like a at a Bunnings hardware store by like somebody who worked there, and he, a guy ran into his trolley or whatever, and he just had a grudge. He held a grudge, yeah. and he was like trying to escape from the Buckingham Palace without being seen so that he could go and sort of maybe murder this man. Right. So it's all celebrities trying to escape from things for different reasons. Yeah, I guess so. And then eventually they encounter each other. Yeah. Well, I mean, what would be great would be if the Prince Philip could kill David Bowie in this movie. Well, maybe then David Bowie could start, could try to take this Bunnings guy's life and dress like him. So that mm. it's because it's the perfect place to hide. So that then he could get killed by. So it would, maybe it's just these two stories that he could get killed by Prince Philip. Yeah, you know, <laughs> we could get the uh, the the English Board of Film Making things to uh, to fund the whole thing. <laughs> to fund it, we got a couple of that. You'll love this, right? <laughs> We're desecrating of two of your national treasures. <laughs> Yeah, and um, it'll take it takes long enough to make a film that I think that you know his beloved wife will no longer be alive by the time it comes out. Oh, that's nice. Oh well, I'm I'm glad she's getting. Oh, something. you know what? You know what would be great what? would be if she could die at the premiere. Oh, I mean, that's right. But 
it then it turns out she's actually killed by Maggie, you know, Maggie old woman. Maggie Smith? Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Like that who is who is just trying to, you know, I don't know, suicide by police or whatever she's <laughs> She's doing the David Bowie thing. You know, she's also trying to die. Yeah, all right, sure. Um, I think uh, the Queen, now we know the Queen's going to die. The Queen knows the Queen's going to die at some point. You think she does? She's probably got incredibly good doctors who are going to be able to tell her pretty down to the minute when it is that she's going to pop off. I don't know. So I think she should use her death to um, to try and draw, you know, either make a statement or just, you know, you should maybe you could if you own a business, yeah. Say you own a, a noodle shop, right? Imagine what a scoop it would be to be the noodle shop that the queen died in, right? That's true. And then, so so Do you, you think know, maybe would, it would it would be good for your business or bad for your business? I guess it's always good, isn't it? I don't think it could possibly be bad. It's always good for your business to have a queen die in there. <laughs> well, who's going to be like, oh, let's not go to that noodle shop. The queen died there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The fact that you're even in the conversation like that yeah. is has got to be got to be something. And so let's say there's a noodle shop. To move it's called some noodles. Ben's Funky Noodles. Ben's right? Funky Noodles. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And you... Um, you uh, uh, hire them, or you, you, yeah, Ben's Funky Noodles send some money to the Queen, <laughs> or maybe even bribes one of her her courtiers, yeah, uh, to bring her along at the moment that she's about to die. Serves her up a bowl of noodles, and then she falls face first down into the laksa. Oh, no. A laksa. Right? I think how spicy right. that would be on her eyes. Maybe the coconut would be soothing for And I imagine she's dead. It's fine. Oh, yeah. um, (laughs) It's fine, everyone. She's dead. um, And she – and then, you know, I imagine – you know, obviously her body gets taken away, but they probably have one of those wax models of her made with her face in a bowl of laksa. Yes. Um, and keep it permanently well, there, could, just in could, the window of the they shop. They could keep the imprint that she leaves in the sort of in the laksa and in just the pour laksa, like a death mask. Yeah, and just pour yeah. some, pour I guess some some sort of I don't know a tofu mold in there or something like that, and just mm, kind of keep that. Sure, <gasps> imagine that. And yeah. then people, their specialty dish becomes you can eat the queen's face. Yeah, a queen. tofu tofu version of the queen's face. But but they would call it like quofu or something like that. Mm, really good. Quofun. Quofine. There we go. Quo Quofine. It, they call it Quofine. Quofine. It's really big. And yeah. it becomes it becomes a new like sort of national dish. Comes become becomes like sort of every man food. Sort of like they have pot noodle over there. Right? What? And everyone, you know, yeah. it's so popular. Everyone orders a Quofine. It's a mass produced thing. Yeah. And you open up the packet, there's the queen's face down there at the bottom of the bowl, looking a bit dry. You pour in some boiling water. <laughs> oh, she comes alive again. She looks young again, as young as she was <laughs> when moment. she was a, as young as she was when she died at about ninety-eight. <laughs> <laughs> she still looks young compared to that sort of shriveled up, you yeah. know, dehydrated tofu. Hmm. Um. Um. Yeah. No, I like that. Um. Face tofu. 
Face tofu. By the um, way, I, I mean, look, just that thing where I just want to go back to that moment in the in this scenario where her face falls into the laksa. Mm. And somebody says, oh, that's going to be so spicy on her for her eyes. And then someone yells, yeah. no, it's okay. She's dead. Yeah. <laughs> You're like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I it's... love that somebody shouts that before they attempt to revive her. Deal with the situation in any way. Yeah. I guess it's rude to touch the queen. We know that that's one yeah. of the big no-nos. If... If the queens, if you were there, right, you were one of the waiters and for some reason all of her minders went in, or let's say you were one of her minders, right, and her face did fall into the laksa, what, how would you pull her head out of the laksa? Would you grab the back of her hair? hair. I'd grab the hair, yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Or would you sort of place your fingers on gently like like the pads of your fingers on either side of her face mm. and pull it out <laughs> like that or would no, you just I, I, scoop her forehead up in your sort of in your with one hand and lift it up or grab you sort of lift by the try to i don't know lift from the neck that seems crazy the, i mean this is a very funny sketch shoulders like it's it, well it's it's etiquette isn't it it's royal etiquette yeah what to do when pulling the queen's face out of a bowl of luxe are you supposed to use right? tongs? we have a <laughs> this is, maybe there are there are special royal you gotta, tongs you gotta grab they use silver tongs you grab her cape with the tongs and you pull that <laughs> but i love a you know a a video that they show to people who are about to meet the queen that goes into such depth about the protocol for all these different elaborate scenarios like if she collapses face first into a bowl of laksa <laughs> there's a special spoon that you're supposed to use to scoop her out scoop her. <laughs> it's incredibly rude to to not ask her first there's a there's a couple of sentences mm. you must say madame i am about to use the royal spoon <laughs> to, to scoop thee out of thy broth. Yeah. Because just because there's, there was three occasions where she was just drinking the broth. <laughs> that was just at you. <laughs> and those people were beheaded. That happened to a couple of <laughs> <their> sisters. Where... <laughs> this is what happened when they were visiting Southeast Asia. There's also something so visceral about the idea of grabbing... <laughs> a fistful of her, that curly <laughs> hair of hers at the back of her head and yanking her oh. up while the, the noodles and the, the, the sauce just spray but, off her face all around the room. But you, just imagine the shock, though, of doing that out of a panic. And then yeah. she comes up and you see that her her, her lips are are pursed in a kind of O shape and she's sucking up yeah. a noodle and you go, oh no, what have I done? Oh, Piers Morgan is going to yell at me. Yeah. Just then? Okay. It's, it's all good. Well, look, I'll just wrap it up now. <clears throat> Andy, Andy has stopped 
his recording. And so I will take us through the sketch ideas. We got Portnamantos. We don't really know what that sketch is. Uh, but it's a band and it seems to be made up of Frankensteins of two other people. Uh, and they they play jazz fusion. Then we've got not uh, no, Hot Polka Torture. And that doesn't really work in my accent. But that's torture but with uh, attractive bikini clad German man torturing somebody by playing polka music. Then we got musician ecosystem with the with the Minogue hot pants falling to the ground as and jazz musicians take them. You know, you kind of made sense before. <clears throat> then we've got the famine male breast milk experience and that's you got to go through famine to experience that. Then we got Frankenstein's or human portmanteaus. Now that's kind of linked to that first one, but we didn't link it until later on until we came up with the idea. <clears throat> then we've got keep national treasure celebrities alive as an attraction. You can give them electric shocks. This is so that they can make money. Um, this is like David Bowie. Once you reach a certain level of fame, then they, they preserve you. And then we have uh, the queen dies in a noodle store and makes it famous. And then they have a dried face tofu dish where the, the, you know they can can reconstitute it and then there's maybe a bit more stuff about how would you get the queen out uh, the queen's face out of a bowl of laksa yep Andy thinks that that's a separate se- sketch about royal etiquette Andy's still on the phone to me wait okay I love how now there are so many every there's so many episodes that have a really distinct flavor because of something going terribly wrong and just, you know, like last episode was the Andy Hess the Vomit episode. Uh, you know, we've got the ones where I got called away to the baby and like, you know, Andy just had to do the whole episode by himself. There's a lot of – there's been a – this season has had a lot of distinct like our lives are falling apart kind of, you know, narratives. Uh, queen's face out of a ball, bowl of laksa out of bowl of laksa etiquette sketch um i forgot how to write etiquette doesn't matter sketch oh i don't, never write the word sketch really in, in this okay so that's the sketch ideas and i'm gonna go all right. And so thanks very much for listening. We love that you do that. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> you already know that. Uh, you can review us. You can find the pop test. You, we might be releasing Teleport in the next month or so. Who knows if it ever gets done. But we'll um, that will happen at some point as a video. Uh, you can check out you know anything you're doing. Show some interest in your own lives. And... Uh, And thank you very much for everybody for listening to the podcast. Take care and goodbye. And I love you. Bye. Oh, and Andy says he loves you too. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns.